I proceed forward with this week's episode, I want to offer a disclaimer. This episode will have some very heavy and dark themes. I will be discussing great injustices done to children. So if you are sensitive to this particular subject, you may want to skip this episode. This week's content may not be suitable for small children under the age of 13 and will definitely pose a lot of hard questions for you to discuss with them should you choose to move forward in today's event. With that being said, this is Lizard's Lore, and this week we will take a look at the story of Hansel and Gretel and the historical significance it bears. Most of you will be familiar with the Grimm's Brothers version of Hansel and Gretel, a family consisting of a father, a stepmother, a son, and a daughter named Hansel and Gretel, who live in a small village at the edge of a huge forest. Famine has fallen on the village, and the stepmother, fearing hunger, orders the father to send the children away, or she'll leave with her dowry. She tells her husband to take the children deep into the forest, to light a campfire, and to leave them a little bit of bread so they won't go hungry. But the father protests, and his wife does not leave. Instead, she waits till her husband goes into the big town to sell some of their belongings. She wakes the children up and has them follow her deep into the woods under the guise of gathering wood for their fire. However, clever Hansel had overheard the fight the night before, and while following their stepmother collected pebbles in his pocket, while Gretel hid a loaf of bread under her apron. The woman led them deep into the forest and told them it was time to split up and find kindling. Once the children were out of her sight, the woman ran as fast as she could so they wouldn't try to follow her. Hansel, along the way, had dropped a pebble here and a pebble there so that they could backtrack home. However, at some point, The pebbles seemed to disappear, as crows, swallows, and some other type of birds had probably carried them off. The children were lost, very hungry, and very tired. They began to search the the woods for berries safe enough to eat, when by accident, they could smell the sweetest baking in the air. With their tummies leading the way, they soon came upon the most marvelous sight a hut made of gingerbread and candy. Overcome with joy and hunger, the children set upon the house and began to take nibbles from this corner and that. A voice came up behind them and said, Oh, dear children, so lost, so hungry, do come in. No harm shall come to you here. The children, unsure of whether or not they could trust her, cautiously followed the old woman inside the home. There were three feather beds, warm blankets, and food. Oh, the old woman must be kind, right? Now, during the medieval 
was quite common among families to abandon all or some of their children. The Baltic region was hit particularly hard by this, and out came the stories of the Trail of Treats leading to the Baba Yaga's home. It's easy in modern times to look down upon these people for leading their children to their deaths, and I'm in no way excusing this, but you must also understand what life might have looked like for these people during this time. There was famine, as well as a cattle plague that lasted from 1318 to 1350. The Byzantine Empire was coming to an end and being replaced by the Ottoman Empire. So, not only were the common folk, or Volk, having to deal with their crops not producing enough and being heavily taxed, but their cattle were struggling to stay unplagued and a new empire was coming and leaving in its wake a myriad of destruction to anyone who dared oppose. The Ottoman Empire was strong, fierce, and ruthless. When you start to dissect how much hardship the Volk experienced, while you may still disagree with their decisions to lure their children with a trail of treats into the woods, perhaps now you can sympathize with how difficult a choice that must have been. Unbeknownst to the children, the old woman was actually a wicked witch who lured children left by their parents in the woods with a home of such deliciousness to fatten them up so she could throw them in the oven and devour them. While the witch was blind, she had a keen sense of smell, and Hansel and Gretel smelled like a pig feast. She had to keep herself from drooling as to not frighten the children. She fed the children well and waited for them to fall asleep so she could decide which child she would eat first while the other could be useful in doing the housework. When both children were snoring in the enchanted feather beds, she snatched up Hansel, dragged him outside, and threw him into a little cage in the shed. You can scream and cry all you like. We are miles away from anyone who could save you. Besides, didn't your parents abandon you in the woods? Gretel awoke to the havoc and sat shivering with fear in her bed. The witch came back into the house and said, You will sweep the floor, carry the water from the well, and the other chores. Then you will feed your brother so that I may bake him in my oven. If you try to run, I'll cook him all the same. about witches and the concept of children in the oven. As you can imagine, childbearing was hard and survival of newborns was largely due to village midwife, apothecaries, and herbalists. One particular practice comes from the Balkans area in which midwives would be trained in making a special bread dough with herbs and gentle spices to wrap a premature or sickly newborn in after birth. The oven would not be lit but rather have smoldering coals or kindling that was regulated with water. 
The child would be placed in the oven with everyone taking turns regulating the temperature and bringing the baby out for feedings and bathings. This saved countless children's lives. This is still practice among small villages and low-income families today. This, however, was viewed as witchcraft and a lot of midwives were executed during the Crusades. Nearly 70,000 people were accused and executed for witchcraft between the 14th and 17th centuries, 80% being women and nearly half of them midwives. I think it's interesting that the Grimm's brothers chose to include this in their version of Hansel and Gretel. Perhaps they knew and they just wanted to make money, but perhaps they had no idea they were perpetuating a dangerous stereotype when they published their stories. Hansel and Gretel. So Hansel is locked up and Gretel is left carrying out all the chores, especially carrying water buckets from the well to the hut. And the well was at the top of a hill. At night, Gretel would bring Hansel his dinner and at first he ate. One day, Hansel realized that if he stopped eating, he wouldn't be fat and plump and would be undesirable to eat. So Gretel would come after a long day of chores and Hansel relayed his plan. Gretel was scared, but agreed to Hansel's plan. Soon came a time that the witch wanted to start checking on the progress of her prey. So after dinner, she would have Gretel lead her by the arm to the shed and would tell Hansel, Boy, stick your finger between the bars so that I may feel how plump you have gotten. Hansel did as he was told. Much to the witch's dismay, she felt a very bony finger. Double his meals, she snapped angrily at Gretel, and make sure he cleans the plate. Gretel led the witch back to the house, and at night she snuck out to speak with her captive brother. Oh, all is lost, for surely she will have realized we have been lying to her, Gretel sobbed. No, Gretel. We continue the same plan, but this time, when you go to fetch her water from the well on the hill, grab a twig from the ground and hide it in your apron, Hansel reassured her. Gretel wiped away her tears and nodded in consent. The next morning, as Gretel climbed the hill to the well, she found a twig shaped perfectly like a finger. She tucked it in her apron and continued the day's chores. She gave Hansel the twig with his supper, and Hansel said, She's going to want to fire up that oven sometime, so when she comes to get me, we will wait until she's close enough and push her inside. Oh no, brother, for she will surely know we are trying to trick her, cried Gretel. Be brave, little sister. Have faith in our wit and have courage. Night after night, the witch would come, feel the twig, and think it a finger. She was very frustrated that the boy wasn't gaining any weight. Finally, she decided she was going to cook him the way he was, lest he spoil. She had Gretel fire up the oven 
and led her by the arm to retrieve Hansel for baking. When they got to the oven, the witch felt something wasn't quite right and turned Hansel to stab him with a carving knife that was placed on the table nearby. But while her back was turned, Gretel mustered every ounce of courage she had and shoved the old woman into the fire and closed the oven quickly and locked it. As the witch burned, her magic fell away and soon the children saw that the hut was just a hut, broken and weather-torn. They walked outside and to their surprise, their father stood before them. The children cried with joy and ran to their father who explained that their stepmother had never come back and he wandered the woods night and day searching for his family. When he had heard an old woman's cries, then he turned and suddenly saw the, the hut standing before him and the children at the threshold. They went home and their father promised to never let anyone lead them into the woods without him ever again. Southeast Asia and New Zealand had caused catastrophic climate change that affected the Baltic region. It became really difficult to keep crops alive and livestock became really susceptible to various infectious agents which began to affect other parts of the world, causing global level starvation. Experts determined that nearly 400,000 square miles of Europe was directly affected by this event and nearly 25% of the population had died due to starvation. They believe that times had become so dire that families resorted to infanticide and in some extreme cases, cannibalism, just to survive. It was said to have been so bad that people began digging up the cemeteries for bones of the deceased to make marrow broth with. Out of this tragic time came the stories of children abandoned in the woods mountains, etc., with themes of magic, witches, and very grim tales. Giambattista Basile wrote Nanilo and Nanella, which follows the same formula as Hansel and Gretel, a starving family, a stepmother afraid of starvation, and the children being led to their deaths. The father in this story leaves a trail of oats for the children to follow and make their way back home, but the oats are eaten by a donkey. In the Romanian story of the boy and the wicked stepmother, the children are again abandoned, but they make their way back home to which the stepmother kills the boy and has the girl prepare his corpse for eating. The girl hides her brother's heart in a tree and the father unwittingly eats the boy while the girl refuses to partake. After the meal, the girl gathers the bones and places them in the same tree as the heart and a cuckoo bird begins to sing out, my stepmother has killed me, my sister has cooked me, and my father has eaten me, but now I'm a cuckoo bird. Keep me safe from my stepmother. The startled stepmother tries to throw salt at the bird, but stumbles and falls backwards, hits her head, 
killing her instantly. The version we know of Hansel and Gretel came directly from Dorothea Wilde, who ended up marrying Wilhelm Grimm. Over time, this story has continued to evolve. In some stories, the stepmother and the witch are the same person. In others, the mother is the biological mother to the children. The Grimm brothers actually cleaned up Wilde's version as they didn't wish to frighten their audience too much. It is easy in modern times to judge what people had to do to survive by our standards, and while I am in no way, shape, or form condoning the murder of innocents or digging of graveyards, I think context to these historical events is important to examine. We know from the Donner Pass incident that starvation and extreme weather can cause humans to do things they wouldn't normally subscribe to. I personally cannot imagine becoming so desperate and hungry as to resort to murder of my blood and then the consumption of their flesh. But I live in modern times and grew up middle class. The only time I went hungry was usually by my picky eating habits. I have come to the conclusion that the past and its legacy are lessons that we as a modern society must learn and grow from. I believe it's important to consider our ancestors' desperation and how terrifying this all must have been. Compassion for the past while still holding it accountable, I think, is key. Thank you for joining me this week, dear listeners. The Babes in the Wood theme was rather heavy and emotionally taxing to research. I believe these stories to be essential to our continued survival. My goal is to preserve what has already been so that we don't repeat our mistakes. Join me next week where we'll go over the Sleeping Beauty themes. Instead of the Grimm's version of the story, I will be using the composer whom I mentioned earlier in this episode, Giambattista Basile his version called The Sun, The Moon, and Talia. I am giving a disclaimer now, and of course, one before the episode begins, as this too will have some very heavy and distressing themes. If you would like to show your support for this podcast, as always, my link tree and Patreon will be linked in the description. Every little bit helps and goes towards my new content and better quality. Thank you so much for your continued support, and to everyone that's new here, welcome. I appreciate you all so much. You really are helping me live a quality life in doing the thing that I love the most, telling stories. Remember to treat each other with kindness and fairness, and remember, a word once given, we always keep. See you here next week.